0: Tired. So tired.
1: I think I'll do the intro this week. I like that idea. You are listening to Overtired. I am Brett Herbstra. I am here with Christina Warren. Christina, how are you?
0: I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It is early for me. It's like 630 in the morning. However, I've been awake since, I don't know, like it's either 2 or 3 a.m. So
1: On purpose? Um,
0: Well, not really. So I kind of like took a nap late that sort of went to like going to bed really early. And then my body woke up and then I was like, well, I know I have to be up to do the podcast and I have a bunch of other stuff I need to do today. So am I going to be able to get any sleep or not? I wasn't really sure. And then I wound up like taking my meds at like 5 a.m. So kind of on purpose. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I've done that. I've done that many times, actually.
0: Yeah, I'm actually way more, I'm not a morning person. Um, however, like and I, I'm, I like, you know, the, the evenings much more. I'm, I, I'm a night owl. I'd like to stay up late, whatever. However, if I can actually wake up early and get started, I'm so much more productive for the entire day. So it's one of those weird things where I'm not a morning person, but I really need to try to force myself into being one.
1: I love morning so much because nobody else is up. I, nobody interrupts me. I don't have to worry about anyone pinging me on Slack or giving me a phone call. I just get up and I just, I usually code in the morning, but I get up at five 30 and my workday doesn't usually like start in earnest until 10 AM my time, because most of the team is in California. So that's 8 AM their time or they're overseas and they're like on a completely like 12 hour off schedule. So I get this nice space from like 5:30 a.m. to like nine, where it's just like just my time to code. I love mornings, and I get okay. up at 5:30, and like sometimes, like I set an alarm for 5:30 just because I like consistency. But sure. I, I wake up every morning. Uh, for the last month or so, I wake up at 5:26 a.m. just automatically. And I'm just ready to go, and then I shut off my alarm. I, I like it when my system agrees with my schedule.
0: Yeah, um, I I'm the person who, unless I'm already up or whatever, I I have like four alarms set usually, and then I also hit snooze a number of times. It's one of those things where like <laughs> I ha, I have a built-in buffer for what time I know I have to actually be up. Like so, I have like an early time. I'm like, okay, well, this is what time I would like to be up. But I know I'm going to hit snooze at least this many times, and I know that I'm going to, in my own mind, like, reset alarms and do other stuff. So let me go ahead and preset alarms for, like, I have a bunch of them, and then it'd be like, (laughs) okay, what's the absolute latest that I can be up? Like, for instance, I had one set. I didn't need it, but I had one set for 620. I had one set for for 545. I had one set for 6 o'clock. I had one set for 620. Knowing... Knowing that six twenty was like okay, that was the absolute latest you can get up to do this at six thirty.
1: Why? Why wouldn't you just set the alarm for the latest? Like,
0: because I, th- I have this great thought in my mind. Well, maybe I will actually get up early and be more productive and get something done. Like, it's it's aspirational. It's not realistic. It's aspirational, and I should be self aware enough to be like, you're not going to do this. However, occasionally I surprise myself. And then sometimes there are times when like I'm just up at three o'clock in the morning, so I don't need it anyway. So it's just, yeah.
1: My my advice that you didn't ask for is to just set the alarm for when you have to get up. And if you wake up earlier, great. Go with what your body says. But don't like I feel like that's counterproductive to like interrupt your sleep five times oh, before is, you get it up. Is.
0: Part of the reason, though, that I have to have, like, a couple of the stages is because I know I will hit snooze at least once, and so I can't do it for, like, this is the time you have to actually get up because I have to build in a buffer. Now, do I need all of the buffers that I build in? Probably not, but I need, like, at least two because if I hit snooze and I really needed to be up at 620 and, you know, like... 629 like is going to be too late or whatever because it, it 10 minutes can make a difference like i'm gonna have to push back push it back to an earlier time so i can hit snooze at least once and like find a way to to put it off
1: all right so talk about christina's sleep schedule check yep um how's your how's your mental health
0: it's not too bad it's not too bad i mean it's not like awesome but it's it's not terrible um how's yours
1: Oh, actually like for for once I I have nothing to report. Things have been normal, productive, happy. Uh, work has been very frustrating. Um I do you want to hear about it?
0: Yeah, I was going to say let's just let that feels like mental health corner. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, actually if if anything is mental health for me, it's work. Um so Oracle teamed up with Red Bull Racing and, uh, or like sponsored them. And we're doing these, I think I've talked about this, but we're doing this like uh hands-on lab where people can, uh, the beginner one is you collect F1 race data and use machine learning to predict the winners of races and like taking into account all of the, like, Tires and uh pit times and who's driving all of this um and the lab itself my only job with this whole project is to write the readme that will go on github that will get people set up and walk them through the lab which was a daunting task to begin with because I know nothing about machine learning. The whole thing's done in Jupyter Notebooks. I'm not a Python guy. I've never used Jupyter Notebooks. Like, I had to learn all of this in order to write, or, you know, I had to learn enough to write a reasonable, like, how-to. And that would have been fine. I've had this project for, like, two months now. Except the lab wasn't... uh, Finished until this week. And even then it wasn't finished. So I've spent the last two weeks trying to get through like the prerequisites set up. Uh like setting up cloud machines, setting up deployments, building the data science notebooks and everything. One problem after another, huge frustration. Finally got it up and running. Uh walked through the notebooks, ran into problems every step of that way. Uh, And then ultimately got to the end of the tutorial that had been written, like a PowerPoint deck full of slides or full of uh, screenshots, basically. So I got all the way through it, found out it doesn't resolve. Like you get everything set up and and you like prep all the data and then nothing. Like the lab as it's written doesn't do anything. So I can't write about it. Then yesterday they decided oh wait we can create a custom image that people can just load and run this so that three right. weeks of me trying to deploy the thing completely out the door i don't need to write about any of that the stuff i do need to write about isn't finished yet and the lab is like the original due date on this was tuesday and now it's thursday friday by the time no one hears this but irrelevant. Um, and I have nothing to write. Like, I can't do my job. And they've already started uh, posting this on, like, social media, writing blogs about it, and, uh, like, pimping it. And it's not there. Like, the lab will not be ready. Um, I'm a little freaked out. It's very stressful.
0: Okay. So, I understand that you're freaked out. I understand that they've already said that it's coming. The Did they, like, give... In the blogs, did they give like a hard date? Like it's coming yeah. this day? Yeah,
1: they've already started taking registrations for it.
0: Okay, all right. So, and and but it was supposed to have happened on Tuesday.
1: No, the the actual event doesn't happen until August eleventh.
0: Oh, okay.
1: But they wanted the the tutorial written Tuesday so that the panelists could start going through it, and we would have time to do further debugging and refining. So okay, fine. it's All right. not drop dead due yet.
0: No, no, no. Okay. So so the 11th that's fine. So the, it, it would have been good if you'd had it on Tuesday, but um see, I'm forgetting that like you haven't worked in corporate America for a long time. <laughs> so so you don't understand how fungible a lot of this stuff is because basically you have two weeks. So if you have this by like I don't know. Honestly, if you have this by the 4th, if you have it even by by like the the 6th, you're fine. Um because, yeah, you okay? it would be better probably if you had it like by like Thursday, so you could if you needed to make changes, you could make them like Friday. But the eleventh is a Wednesday, so yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: like, I keep I, telling myself that. I also keep telling myself this isn't my fault. I haven't necessarily failed. Like no, you I've haven't. done everything I could.
0: No, you've done everything you could. They also they they changed like the way that they could do the image and the other stuff. And honestly, you probably ran into some. Stuff that other people will be running into as well. Oh, totally.
1: Right? To- that like, was my concern the whole time. Is if me with my my background, like right. I'm I'm not a newbie developer. No, Some of these you, concepts are new to me.
0: But you've set up your fair share of environments, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like like this is not something that's new to for you. And and um, I mean, honestly, I don't know what they're doing. Are they getting people like a Docker image that they can just kind of
1: it um. So, like, they have they call it a stack. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a it's a zip file that includes like Terraform scripts, right? That sets up a compartment for you in your in your cloud the tenancy, mm-hmm. um, and and sets up the data science uh, instance and uh build, like gives you a blank jupyter notebook that then you can log into and and clone the the notebook repo so it's not it, it the way that I did it it was not a full image it was basically a terraform script
0: got it okay well i mean but it's but good it thing will that ran to this but it will be right no, which which is good yeah i mean it seems to me and i don't i don't know like how they're how they're doing this it seems to me like and and it, there's probably a good reason why you can't just have a Docker deploy thing because, um, and maybe the Terraform script is, you know, setting up a Docker instance. I don't know. Uh, and maybe there's something with the cloud setup that doesn't allow that. I'm not sure. I'm not going to uh, uh, try to do the, I, I'm stopping myself from going down a rabbit hole um, mm-hmm. with you. They're they're going to figure out the problem. Um, The only thing I'm going to say is like, yeah, if you ran into this, other people are definitely going to run into this. Yeah. So That's number one. And they had to figure it out because you were going through those problems. Yeah, they're going to get it figured out as long as you have it up and that people can ideally, the panelists can test it before the 11th. That's great. Um, You know, and even then, if there are issues, I mean, you get feedback, you can make changes. It's... uh, I just worry,
1: I just worry that we're asking, like, this is a beginner lab. We're asking Mm -hmm. most of the people taking part in it will be setting up their first uh, Oracle cloud infrastructure uh, account, like the free account. This is their first first thing, right? This is their first impression of Oracle's cloud services.
0: So, so, okay. I'm going to frame this for you in a really like clear way. This is all really good feedback for a postmortem. I, I'm not I'm not even joking. Like, A, that is not your decision or your problem. Like, you were tasked with doing a certain thing and, and, and getting it to work a certain way. This is all really good feedback for a postmortem for people to look at because you're going to figure that out. Um, realistically, it is too late to be able to make any sort of grand-scale decision about, like, what the best way to distribute this would be and if this was the right model and if you need something else. But this is also how you learn and how you get feedback. So... This is all really good stuff for a postmortem. You'll figure it out. You'll get good insights. The fact that you were running into these things beforehand because you were trying, it's not like sometimes, and I'm not going to say that I've ever done this or anything, but, you know, where, like, you have a certain amount of time for a project and you don't really start it until fairly late in the process. And then you run into, like, blockers and then you're kind of like, all right, well, this is my fault, but I'm going to try to, you know... BS my way out of it, like you were giving them feedback as you were going through this. You were figuring out like what the issues were and you were like letting people know. So, A, yeah. none of this is on you. Um, It's going to, what's going to get done is going to get done. But but B, and I think this is more important, even if the result is, as you say, that this is going to be people's first impression and it's not a good one and it's complicated and you and they don't know what to do. That's all really good feedback. And sometimes you have to have that feedback from the actual end users because Coming from the people on the team, people don't listen to that. Like, sometimes you have to actually uh, – and, and, I, and I, I, I I putting it this way, not because I think it, this is going to happen, but just as a way of framing it. Because I say this to people I work with, too. But sometimes you have to let stuff fail. Like, sometimes you have to let it happen for things to be able to be improved.
1: Okay. I appreciate your feedback. I'm sorry this conversation got really boring for everybody. No,
0: no. But honestly, I actually think that last bit that I shared, because I've had to come to terms with this before, too, where sometimes you can only do what you can do. And sometimes you have to let stuff, if it is going to maybe not work out or not, whatever, like you have to let that happen.
1: See, Um, I'm used to like for like 10 years, I've been independent where everything is like entirely my responsibility and both good and bad. And I can take, like, if something goes wrong, I know who to blame. It's me. Like everything was under my control. So this is a certain feeling of helplessness.
0: Right. Because you're (laughs) not in control. You're not in control. And sometimes, and, and I think this is like maybe the more broad thing, like not just like your specific situation, but there are instances that we all run into where, um, you have, um, like, sorry, what was I going to say, where you know you need resources, you need help, you need people to like convince them, like, hey, this is what I need to actually get this done. And you're not going to get it unless they actually see that you need it. Because if you keep pulling miracles out of your ass and making it work, they will never <laughs> get you what you want, ever.
1: <laughs> setting, setting bad precedents. Do you have to use JIRA?
0: I don't. We use something else, uh, which is, I mean, it's both better and worse. Um, it's better because it's not JIRA, but it's worse because... It's still a pain in the ass, but no, we don't use Jira.
1: I think I'm realizing that my problem isn't necessarily with Jira. I think any kind of, uh, ticket-based project management system that requires me to like post my status for everyone else, I'm just really bad. Like I worked for agile, uh, what was agile bits uh one password password. and part of the job everyone on the team no matter what your position was was doing customer support and logging into the forums every day and taking as many support requests as you could like first thing in the morning and i'm just really bad at that like logging in and handling other people's problems like i I, I do great with my customer support for my own software. People always tell me, I love your support. You're very responsive. You do a great job. There's something about like I have to be truly invested mm-hmm. to to want to like to to spend my time updating a ticket system instead of just doing the work like it never sits well with me and I, I i i don't think jira is the problem i think it's my attitude toward like <laughs> accountability no. to a to a group
0: no 100% um yeah and cuz i've used what I've, I've used uh um what's not asana i've used asana uh, I've used Trello, uh, I've used, um, uh, Azure DevOps. I've used, uh, what do we call it? Is it planner, which, which is Microsoft's like, r- like version of Trello, essentially. Uh, GitHub has some sort of thing yeah. that's kind of similar.
1: I actually like um, Githubs.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I actually would probably rather, um, use, um,
1: GitHub projects.
0: Yeah, exactly. I would probably actually rather use that than Azure DevOps, but we use Azure DevOps boards for a lot of stuff. I would probably rather use projects, but it it is what it is. And I kind of run into the same thing where there are things where like, I have my own list and my own stuff that I'm doing, and then I forget to like update the other thing. I got good when I was at uh, Mashable and Gizmodo, we used Trello. And ironically, I'm saying ironic because I I'm bad at this stuff now. Like I was the one who fought for at uh, mashable anyway for us to use Trello because we didn't have any sort of and that was what the newsroom used. First we actually tried to use Asana because that was what the the uh, product team used and um it was just uh, I couldn't convince like journalist people to get into that No, fine tr- flow.
1: Trello makes a lot more sense for yeah. for a newsroom especially.
0: No, it was great because you could drag stuff around and yeah. then each card could have links. And so we would have different like, you know, things like this has been been assigned, this is being worked on, this can be grabbed, this is being this is in edit, this is, you know, scheduled to publish. This has been published. You know, we'd had different boards and stuff. And so we got pretty good with that. But yeah, there were times when cause I had like my personal board that was often a mess. And it was like, yeah, because I had my own list someplace that I didn't update. So I I feel you. And there are things that work now where I'm like, oh, right, I need to update, you know, my status on this Azure DevOps board. Um, and I'm just like, yep, I'm, I haven't been great at that, which is why I'm not an ideal PM, I guess.
1: <laughs> oh, totally me either. If you're ever looking for a really, really good Trello alternative, uh, Meister task from the people who make MindMeister Meister is a really well thought out, uh, Kanban Kanban Kanban, uh, yeah, however you say it. Uh, board with like full dashboard you can have multiple projects and uh, good API it's it's really nice I've only used it on small teams I've never used it on like a team of 10 or more so I I I don't know how it holds up I assume it does I assume
0: it's good yeah um I uh, love
1: that you can turn a MindMeister mind mask into a meister task task board with one click that's yeah no that's nice
0: no, see that's super good. Yeah, I am. Um, I love Airtable. We used to use Airtable, oh, and then yeah. we had to stop. And then we had to stop using it. But I love Airtable.
1: Airtable, uh, awesome.
0: Airtable is really good.
1: Yeah. So you want to completely change the subject? One hundred percent. It was my birthday last week. That's I know not the it was. New subject, but
0: happy birthday. Uh, thank you
1: for my birthday. I thought you know what? It's been uh, how how old am I? Forty. It's been over 20 years since I've tried smoking pot. Mm-hmm. And so I I got some pot, some weed, some grass, as yep. the kids say in 1965.
0: I was um, going to say, what kids, <laughs> kids today are like a CBD. You know, they're like edibles. They're like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So friends brought both uh, a vape pen and some actual like a, a one hitter. And I chose to go with the, the, I missed the feeling of smoke in my lungs. So I went with the, the good old fashioned spark. I, okay. So back in high school, I tried pot a few times and I had these really bad experiences with like instant vertigo. And like, I would just end up on a couch, unable to think, feeling crappy. And I, I hope. And
0: you're like, and you're, you're like, I hate this. I'm going straight to heroin.
1: Yeah pretty much. Well, I went through like speed and coke and then decided to go for like downers. But um, I was really hoping like I've, I've for the last 20 years, I've listened to people talk about just like relaxing and opening your mind and just like the fun of being stoned. And I thought maybe it'll be different now. So I had my birthday party a week late because of my oral surgery. Um, And, and so it was just this week or like this last weekend I tried it had the exact same experience as high school. It was awful. Like I oh, hated no. it. Like my, my, I couldn't, I couldn't think, I couldn't follow a conversation for more than five seconds. And I was constantly trying to like piece together what had just happened in the last 30 seconds to an extent where like I wasn't freaked out. I didn't get anxious, but it was very frustrating. And I ended up just sitting on the couch and petting my my dog because it was the only I didn't have to follow my dog's conversation. I had to leave the party because it was so it was awful. So I, I am not becoming a pot smoker as much as the idea of it appeals to me. It apparently won't work for me.
0: I'm so disappointed to hear that. So I used to, so in college, I guess, which was really the first time I ever actively tried smoking pot. I think I tried a few times in high school and like wasn't quite successful. Um, I was also more into like drinking then, um, sure. I got anxious. Like I didn't like it. And so I didn't smoke very much or very often. Um, and then cocaine never did anything for me, sadly, because I know that's cocaine. I I know that's what I've heard. And I've, I've tried a number of times and it does literally has no impact, which is shitty because I would love it. I think. Yeah,
1: do, um, do you think the Dexedrine like I I have yeah. done I stopped doing cocaine long before I ever got treated for ADHD. I wonder oh, if I it think it was
0: the Dexedrine. Interacts 100%. differently
1: with stimu- other stimulants.
0: Yeah, I think that had to be what it was. Um there were a couple of times when I took Nodos in high school and once in college and it like fused with my Dexedrine and I think that the reaction was probably either what full-on speed would have been like or cocaine. Um and it was great it was terrifying uh especially the first time it happened it was fucking terrifying but it was also kind of great but no um so so anyway though um smoking weed doesn't do much for me however edibles i really enjoy huh
1: yeah the reaction i had feels like a an allergy i don't think any form of, of THC is going to agree with my system and it was a no. bad enough experience that I'm not going no, to I'm not again. Yeah.
0: I, I would recommend that. I'm just saying I, edibles have been the thing that I enjoy. And then like, you can have different concentrations, like some that are more CBD, some that are more THC, some that are more like this or that. I don't know all the different things. Um, like, and uh,
1: so this reaction I had, by the way, I took two hits. Like it, it, like I, it was nothing. I took two like right, leisurely no, so, so hits not, so, so off so of a one like, hitter.
0: No, so that seems like that that is definitely going to be like an allergy of some sort. If it was that quick,
1: fucking stupid system. I I hate my system. I'm allergic to all drugs. Like uh, that's like that's how they describe uh, addictive personalities. Like I have very strong reactions to. Any, any uh, mind altering, mood altering drug uh, affects me more strongly than other people, uh, and I have to assume that like this THC reaction is just like what everyone else gets from weed, but just to an extreme, like to an unbearable extreme. Heroin That's and so- cocaine, like, I, like since like since I've been treated for ADHD, I have not done any drugs. I I drank for a while, uh, you know, like alcohol and stimulants whatever right but uh back then like heroin and cocaine was an amazing mixture i love that stuff. that's actually how i got into heroin was i was looking for a way to enhance my cocaine addiction <laughs> and then and then heroin became my main squeeze for a while for a that's few good. years
0: uh, that's kind of horrifying. Don't do not do that, kids.
1: Oh, yeah. No, um, I don't recommend it to anyone. It's a great way to die. If you're looking to die, mix up die, mix up a speedball.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, and isn't the thing now that kills people, like, don't, like, it doesn't shit get laced with fentanyl?
1: Oh, God, yeah. You can't buy pure heroin anymore. Like, everything is cut with some amount of fentanyl.
0: Yeah, and then that's basically what, like, like, that's how Demi Lovato, like, that's how they almost died.
1: When I was... I was in uh, Toronto for, uh, I don't even remember why, but it was during my heroin addiction, and all of these reports started coming in in Toronto of just mass overdoses. Like, people were dying left and right. And it was the first time that I had seen fentanyl hit the streets. This would have been, like, 2000, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. 2001 and like it had it i had just never seen this happen before And all of a sudden this what the, at the time they were just calling it like too pure they didn't realize that it was being cut with something that was 10 times stronger than heroin um yeah that got that that was right before i got completely clean but it's a different game now for sure
0: yeah, no, and I think the problem is, I mean, this is how like a number of people have like wound up dying because they don't know. Oh yeah. And and then it, you know, it, like they don't know what the concentration is or other stuff, and then like I think I think it's happened with people's like ecstasy pills and stuff too, which can be really scary.
1: Yeah. So well, if you're used to if you're used to banging a twenty, like it, you you know how much you can do, and you know how much you can safely do, and and what will get you to where you want to be. You assume that's gonna keep going, and when all of a sudden the same amount is fatal, that's just not fair. Like if you're gonna cut it with something that strong, like cut it with some baby powder too. Give people a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I've I think I've done a, I think I've done a fair amount of baby powder in my life. That's got to be bad for you. Isn't talcum powder full of like asbestos or something? Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that like there are that it's like very bad to to inhale baby powder powder. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I'm talking about injecting.
0: Well, what I assume it,
1: isn't a lot better.
0: I mean, I, it's probably worse. It's probably <laughs> equally bad. I don't know. It's it's not good, regardless, right? Yeah, I think there's like lead or like asbestos or something in it. Yeah, it's it's like toxic on some level. You're definitely not supposed to to ingest it somehow, anyway. Right. So, so. we've
1: hit Jira and we've hit heroin, uh, neither of which were on our list. How are we doing? Does this episode feel like it's really coming together?
0: It honestly does feel like it's really coming together. I really liked the 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 drug. Um, uh, like uh tangent. Yes, I was, I was, look, I was thinking of a different word that started with a D, but a uh, d- tangent, uh, digression. I'm not even sure, but, but a uh, tangent is equally good. So yes, I enjoy the drug tangent. That was, that was actually pretty classic overtired stuff.
1: Our first sponsor today is Upstart. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, you're not alone. Debt can feel crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. I racked up a, a bunch of credit card debt during a financial rough period over a few years. I was able to make my monthly payments, but they were huge and I wasn't getting anywhere with paying down my balances. I got an upstart loan a few months ago, wiped out my credit card debt completely, and have been making fixed monthly payments and watching my debt disappear ever since. And my credit score is back to excellent now. Uh, with a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. I got approved the same day I applied, and I had my money a day later. And now my credit cards are paid off, and I'll be debt-free in five years, and I'm saving over $6,000 on, on what I would have paid in interest to the credit card companies. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com overtired. That's upstart.com slash overtired. Don't forget to use our URL so they know that we sent you. And loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. It's not an invasive application, though. Don't worry about it. Uh, go to upstart.com slash overtired. Seriously, like my credit score is what's 818?
0: Eight, eight, wow. That's yeah. really high.
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What is the beeper IM service and how does that relate to you?
0: Well, I was supposed to do an onboarding with it today and I just had I just I, so I put it off for, for um 2 weeks until I could get another thing. So Beeper is this cross platform. It's basically it's a beeper.com. Um you have it's on a waitlist right now and then I paid to own my own username and I also paid to basically like get like to the front of the line so that I could, um, you know, like get access to it earlier. But it basically it is a like it's in a lot of ways it is basically just like a, like ADM. But for the next generation.
1: Wow. I haven't used you say ADM. I say Adium. Is that Can I say Adium?
0: You can say Adium. I, I say Adium, but you can say Adium. Um, any of those things. It's basically kind of like, I think it's it's built on matrix, but the whole idea would be that it has all of your different chat services in one interface. So instead of having to have a jillion different apps, you can have them all federated. So you could have Slack, you could have WhatsApp, you could have, you know, iMessage, you could have Oh, IRC. I've seen
1: this before. Or like I saw a preview. Yeah, I did not sign up for that beta, but... Um, there was another one that was an all-in-one chat thing. It was like you can install it through Brew Cask. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. It didn't. It, I I, pref- I ended up preferring just having multiple apps going. It was easier.
0: Yeah. So this is this is like a new um, thing, and I'm um, uh, I like I said I paid for it. Um, and I know the guy who he's kind of like a he's the co-founder. Um. Uh, Eric, uh, uh, Mikakovsky, he created the pebble smartwatch. Do yeah. you remember that? Yeah. 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 So he's a great guy. And, and this was kind of like his side project and now he's kind of doing it. And so I'm, I'm super excited, uh, to try it out, but I, they're doing like personal onboarding and mine was scheduled at like 8am today. And I just was like, I don't want to do it. So I'm not. Um, but, I uh I'll, I'll do it in 2 weeks but I'm excited about it because it's going to be a pretty cool service I think. So
1: So you put a link in in our our Quip and I did not have Firefox running and for some reason every time I clicked it it opened iTerm. That's weird. weird. Yeah, I, it's probably something to do with Choosy. Choosy must be like no nothing yep. running. So oh cuz it, it's looking for the best running. Yes, and it I have iTerm as a possible browser, that was a
0: possible option. Yep.
1: Yep. Okay. Did I tell you about? Sorry, I'm changing the subject no, mildly. No, please go for it. Um. Did I tell you about the uh, experience I had with my Zoom redirects? No. So I I had uh, choosy watching for Zoom links. And instead of opening them first in the browser and then in Zoom, I was just having them pipe them straight to Zoom. Totally. So I didn't have any open browser tabs. Yes. Except when I started working at Oracle, they use SSO to sign into Zoom.
0: Right. So So that doesn't work anymore because it has to you have to go through the browser thing. And I,
1: I could not figure out why my Zoom meetings like I couldn't get into my Oracle Zoom meetings. And you're like, I what is up- going
0: on? And you're like, oh, because I'm suppressing this login.
1: Well, yeah, I realized that while tech support was screen sharing and controlling my machine, I'm like, hold on. I think I just figured out what's going on. <laughs> Speaking of, I last week I got a, uh, like I run this, my computer, my personal Mac mini is registered as a work machine, uh, which means... They control a certain amount of like.
0: Right. They've got like an MDM on it or whatever.
1: Right. So I got a a push notification that said there was a required uh, transition. I don't remember what the new one was called, but they were. uh, They pushed a profile that took over my machine, changed my machine name, changed my host name. Added permissions for them to remote wipe my sheen and filter all my network traffic, even when I wasn't on the VPN. Um, it was extremely invasive. And as a result, my computer has been cleansed of everything except for Cisco AnyConnect, which I need to get to Jira. Um, and I'm just waiting to see how, how long it takes for IT to tell me I can't just- use this machine anymore and be forced to only use my my work laptop which they're welcome to install anything they want on
0: totally because they own it yeah um my hope and and i don't know i guess it depends so like our and i have to say here they are not invasive at least what they do for our personal machines so our machines can be marked as like personal or um like you know company and the ones that are company oriented, at least the Windows machines, they can definitely do more stuff on the profile, and like they like have like a software catalog, and there's more stuff that can be done. But on like my personal Mac, there is an MDM on it, so that I can access company resources. But I think really the only thing that it requires is that I have um, encryption yeah. on, and a couple of other things. And they do make me; they they have like required me to like you know, uh, enable, I think they have a copy of, of my, you know, encryption key or whatever, which fine. (laughs) Um, well, I could change it, you know, I mean like it wouldn't, it it is what it is. Um, like, like my, 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 um, file vault or whatever, but, um, you know, and I, I guess they could remotely wipe it if they needed to. I'm not actually, I'm not even sure on the personal ones if they could, but anyway, it's, it's not that bad, but, the way that it works is that I guess like the MDM has to make contact every so often, I think it's like every 30 days to know is this still in compliance or not. And so that would, that would be the, I guess how long you would have before they would then be able to check. But I don't know what, what things they look at beyond that.
1: Well, And I also don't know what the penalty is for, uh, for not being compliant. I, Like, I would rather just unregister my machine as a work machine because there's actually, other than VPN access, there's nothing I need my machine registered for. Uh, Anything that I need to do that requires a registered computer, I can do from my work laptop.
0: Right. I registered it
1: to be nice, but... You
0: registered it to be nice, but yeah. But I mean, otherwise, like, you're not going to need anything. And I mean, I would think, too, worst case... This would be one of those things where if it were me, I would just like RDP into my work laptop from my Mac mini if I needed to, to access something, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's the plan. Except RDP gets really hard if either machine's on VPN. Fun stuff. Anyway. Anyway, back to there interesting. There are
0: probably work runs for that, but, but be it back to interesting things, yeah.
1: What? Uh, Tell me about – I saw on Twitter that you ordered a machine that got uh, Harold – Chris Harold really uh, uh, piqued his interest, but I don't I don't know what's happening. What's happening?
0: Yes. Okay, so it is I, – I don't have it yet, but I pre-ordered it. I've put $100 down, and it's supposed to ship sometime in August. So it is called the Framework Laptop. So it's at frame.work. Um and it is a pretty cool laptop. It's an Ultrabook um, that is priced about the same as actually the, the Ultrabook, the Windows laptop that I just bought, the Dell XPS 9310 that I spent about, it, it was with, once tax and stuff was involved, it was about $2,000 from Costco. And it's spec-wise very similar, at least the one I configured. The, the Dell has a better screen, um, but the uh, processor, RAM, and um, uh, SSD, are the same um, spec-wise. So, but what's interesting about this, it's it's like former people, like there are some former Apple engineers and people from Lenovo and people from HP, and the whole concept, which when they announced it in February, I have to admit I was pretty skeptical, and I was like, I'm rooting for them, but I don't know if this is going to work. And I still kind of feel this way, but the first reviews are out, and I'm becoming more hopeful. So the idea behind this thing is that they've made a fully repairable modular upgradable laptop. So it's still thin and light. Like it's not gonna be, you know, uh, like it's it's not thick, like it still looks like an Ultrabook or whatever, but you can repair basically every part of it. So it is designed, you know, where like they've made like a, a modular motherboard that you can take out and use afterwards. You can't wow. replace the CPU on it because laptop CPUs don't work, aren't socketed. Sure, sure. But but like the battery is designed to be, you know, replaced if you want to, um, and and repaired. Like, um, they have QR codes on the inside that show you how to install new things. You can repair the speakers, replace them, the the um, uh, camera and 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 microphone. Like on the screen can be taken out. the The screen can be replaced. Like the keyboard, they have different options for different keyboards you can use. Like. It's really, really repairable, really modular. And then their their plan is that they are going to be selling, basically, they're using the the Thunderbolt. Um, they don't have the Thunderbolt uh, certification yet, but it is Thunderbolt. They're using those lanes to basically create little modules that will stick into the side that will have different connection things. So it can store four of them. So you could have, like, four USB-C ports or Thunderbolt forts, ports, or you could have, like, one USB-C one um, display port, one HDMI, one micro SD. Cool. and then you can you can flop, you can you know hot swap them in and out as you're using the laptop. So um the whole concept like is both for it to be like right to repair because they're going to be making the schematics available to repair shops, which is very cool, making the parts available to people to be able to to get, and also like environmental so that you don't have to like throw away your whole laptop. If something breaks or if you want to upgrade the RAM, which increasingly you can't do on laptops like like the the XPS 13 that I got, I had to buy it with 32 gigs of RAM because it's soldered in. And that's increasingly common with like a lot of laptops and like I could replace the SSD on it, but that's about it. And and so um, when they announced this, like in February, I was like, this is a really great idea I'm not quite sure if this concept will take off because we've seen like the modular phones before and the other types of upgradable stuff. And like they just haven't had a market where there have been enough people who've been willing to support it and i'm still kind of skeptical i don't know how many of this is going to sell and i don't know how huge the third party ecosystem will be although they are doing things like making schematics and stuff available and like making things so that if people want to create their own expansion slots or create their own 3d printed you know things or or accessories or whatever they can like they're totally open to letting the community have a lot of impact with this um i feel like the the first reviews came out and they were pretty positive some of them were better than others but um, Linus Tech Tips. He did a, a video review. He really liked it. He actually ended up like ordering one, like while he was reviewing it. He was like, "I'm getting it." And when I read the reviews last week, I almost bit the bullet and ordered one, and I didn't. And then that was dumb because Linus's video came out on Monday, and like the website like crashed. I was like, "Damn it! I should have ordered last week." Um, but I was able to pre-order one. Um, I got the the DIY edition. It was it was. Once taxed, and everything was involved, and with all the different components, I wanted it's about twenty one hundred dollars. Um, so not, it's a basically priced about the same as what I paid for the Dell um, for, for similar specs. And um, they say it'll ship sometime in August. But I'm really excited about it. Like I, I, I want this concept to work. You know, even if it's not something that will have like mass broad appeal, I really like the idea of having something that's sustainable, upgradable, tinkerable. You know, like a company that's everything actually dedicated. that an
1: Apple machine is not,
0: right? Or, but not just an Apple machine. Like even like the Surface machines, right? Even even like most of the manufacturers, like some of the the Chinese um, laptop uh, chassis makers. Some of their make like ultralights that are more upgradable than others, but a lot of them don't. And certainly, you don't have anything that is like it comes with a screwdriver. It comes with a screwdriver. So because it's designed for like open up your machine. And then they've designed it so that like the the cables that connect the keyboard to the inside are long. So that when you open it up for the first time, you're not getting like snack. Because if you have, if you don't open that stuff up all the time, you might like pull too hard and and break off the 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 connector. They have like a cable managed when you put in the the Wi-Fi card. Like there are a bunch of different things they've thought about that just seem really smart. And I like that philosophy a lot. So I, I got one and I, I'm really looking forward to um, to getting it because I think I think it's pretty cool.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, our next sponsor today is SaneBox, which is a service I've used for like 10 years. So I'm super happy they're finally sponsoring us inbox zero is a thing of the past we're all so inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything it's about responding only to the important things the messages that truly matter and that's where sane comes in think of it as an emt for your email as messages flow in Sanebox does the triage for you sifting only the important emails into your inbox and directing all the other distracting stuff into your sane later folder or if you if you have the add-on features, you have a whole bunch of different folders for like newsletters, bulk emails. You even get a sane black hole where you can drag messages from annoying senders that you never want to hear from again. It, it, they just disappear. You move them to a mailbox and all future messages from that sender are gone. Not in your trash, just gone. Um, One of my other favorite features is the snooze folders. You can create custom folders with uh, certain time intervals on them. Like I have one for saying next week, saying tomorrow, saying later this afternoon. And I just move a message to one of those folders. And in that period of time, after it's elapsed, it comes back to my inbox as an unread message. Uh, which, you know, like a lot of I use Spark on my phone, which has its own snooze feature and a lot of email clients do now. But I use multiple email clients. And my favorite one on the Mac is MailMate, which doesn't have snooze feature. Having right. the same box snooze folders lets me use the same method on every email client on every device that I have. And and keeps them keep, keeps my snooze. Like if you snooze in Spark on your phone and then go to Mailmate and you want to see a message that you know is snoozed, you can't get to it. But with a Sane snooze folders, you totally can. There's also one called Sane Reminders that will ping you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. Anyway, see how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a two-week free trial. Visit SaneBox.com/overtired today to start your free trial and get a twenty-five-dollar credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com/overtired. I, I I recommend SaneBox to everybody. I, I use this is not an affiliate link for me, but when I recommend it personally, I use an affiliate link and I have my next three years of SaneBox paid for because so many people have signed up from that link. You once you get it, you will have trouble living without it. So SaneBox dot com slash overtired. Highly recommend everybody. Check it out. Awesome. It's, OK, so 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 I was just talking to my sweetheart about the fact that so many great iOS games came out with like more monetizable versions yes and eventually let the original version die
0: die mm-hmm. and
1: sometimes not even more monetizable they just thought they had a more fun way to like monsters ate my condo amazing first version second version totally different concept still fun but not as fun and then right. they, they just they were like
0: trying they were like trying to chase like what the trends were with yeah. games.
1: Yeah. And they let the first one die. It no longer runs on current OSs. And it's very frustrating. And Angry Birds went down that path. Uh Like I had a blast with the first version. Mm-hmm. And so like a day or two after I had this conversation with Elle, uh, Angry Birds Reloaded came out and It went back to the original formula and it's just the first version with a few extra like power ups and add ons, but it's all the fun of the first game. And it was very serendipitous that I was complaining about this. And then they came through and I'm once again playing Angry Birds. It's like it's 2004 all over again,
0: man. So I met one of the Angry Birds uh, creators once he came to Mashable he was like six ten. Actually, 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 he might have been over seven feet tall. I don't remember. But I remember, in that office, like we we had a thing where like we drew, like we we took like you know his height and my height and like drew them on the wall because he was just like, such a big guy. Um, they also they sent me Angry Birds vans once, which were probably the coolest shoes I've ever had. No. So those are my and I actually had the Angry Birds plush animals that like I bought. Um. I loved Angry Birds back in the day, so I, I'm i glad to know that that reloaded thing or whatever is back. Is it like an Apple Arcade, or is it just like in the yeah, app? Yeah, like
1: it's Apple? in Arcade. Nice. Yeah. Did, did you know that when the original version of Angry Birds was released, there were only five people on the team? Yes. It, it was a five-person team making a game that became a goddamn movie.
0: Yes, um, a, a, a series of movies, and that, like, I I, I don't remember how much EA bought Rovio for, but they bought them for a lot of money. And yeah.
1: That's a a, a developer success story right there.
0: Oh, it's the biggest one. The only problem they had was that They some of the sequels and some of the other stuff they did over the years wasn't as successful. And like you said, they went into the IAP space where like, oh, you have to have coins and you have to, you know, like have this many lives and and do these things to to get power ups and this and that, which ruined the whole thing, in my opinion. It was a totally different game. Completely. And then, you know, they, they had like a lot of, um, they struggled, I think, cause some of the, they, they like Angry Birds 2 was good and they had like, there was bad piggies, but like, you know, there's only so much you can kind of do in terms of the level design with this sort of thing. And, you know, it's, it's like a, but I think it was probably the first, yeah, I think it was like the, and for a time, I think it was the strongest, like, but it was like, if we want to be honest, I think it's the first mobile gaming IP right? Like that that you could, uh, that could, you know, obviously doesn't have the longevity of like a Nintendo, like a Mario or a Sonic or whatever, but yeah, it became a movie and the movies did well. And you know, they sold merch. Like I bought the freaking plush dolls (laughs) back when I lived in Atlanta, I had them. Um, so I mean, that's how long ago it was. Like it was like, I think it's, I actually, I'll have to go back and look and Mashable ruined their website. They did a redesign, and they did shitty stuff with all of the old stuff that had been written before they'd moved to this new custom CMS. So anything written, like, pre-early 2016, they stripped of all the formatting, got rid oh. of all the photos, got rid of all the links, any of the short codes. Like, they really did the worst regex sort of thing they could have possibly done in archiving that. So yeah. it, uh, it sucks to try to go back and read any of my old work because I'm like, well, now I can't. Um, but... Uh, that, uh, I, am pretty sure that I wrote something a decade plus ago about how it was like the, the Mario of the mobile age because of, of how it was like the first, like mobile grown, you know, like true success brand sort of thing.
1: What was the, what was the one that Epic, what was the Epic game?
0: Oh, um, infinity, um, sort, uh, infinity, whatever.
1: The one that that they got into the big snafu with Apple about. Oh, Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. I feel like Fortnite came maybe close to that level of of success.
0: Oh, oh, most definitely. And it's free to play. But Fortnite is not just on mobile, right? Sure,
1: sure. Oh, that is a major difference, yeah.
0: And it didn't launch on mobile. Like, Angry Birds was interesting in that it was an iPhone game. And then it was eventually ported to all these other things. Like, you could, like, it was on Roku TVs at one point. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's what I meant. Like, it was like the, the first, it's the first mobile IP game. Like, and not to say that there weren't people who had oh, because people will be like, oh, well, there was this and there was that. And I was like, nothing that was a cultural phenomenon that was massively successful, you know, that was easy to do. And it's just these five finish uh, guys, like you said.
1: Can I do an ADD thing to you and jump back to a previous topic? Of course. Of course. That's what we do. That's, that's this, the I mean, show. this is our show. Um, do you think I could make a Hackintosh out of the framework laptop? I have no so, idea what goes into a Hackintosh to begin with, so I don't know what okay, the Okay, so here's, here's
0: the problem with it because I actually looked into that. Here's the issue. Um, right now, no, unless you have an external GPU um, or you are able to go through some sort of emulation layer because... Um, the last Intel like support that they have is for the tenth generation processors. So the eleventh gen chips that they're using and the uh-huh. newer Z um um like a uh, integrated graphics, there aren't any drivers for that. Huh. So unless Apple somehow releases another, you know, like Intel based Mac and they somehow update their drivers, um, there yeah. are rumors
1: <laughs> not going to well, happen. Well.
0: well Probably not for the Z. However, there are rumors that suggest that they will be releasing an updated Mac Pro that will be running a Xeon, like the latest Xeon processor. So, if that happens, which honestly, I, I kind of believe that, um, I, I could see them doing that. Um, if that were to happen, it's possible that at that point there might be some updated drivers. However, no, I, you wouldn't have any sort of accelerated graphics at all. So what you would need to do in this, because I'm looking into this myself, you would need to have like an external GPU um, and uh, and it would need to be like an AMD GPU. And then, yeah, I think it would work because like I've, I've Hackintoshed my uh, 2018 uh, MateBook Pro. Um, I had to get a different um, wireless chip for it, though. But that's the shitty thing. Everything else about it would be like perfect Hackintosh material, except Apple doesn't have drivers for the damn um, 11th gen um, Intel thing. But, yeah.
1: Okay. Sadly. uh, Yeah. I I just – I don't have any any interest in running a Windows machine, but the configurability of it is very appealing. No, I know.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying, and also it, they have like native Linux support, and like yeah, that's the thing, right? Like I I I I've ha- I have the same kind of thing. I'm like I really, for me, this is why I will more than likely be returning the Dell because I would like to have one Windows laptop, uh, uh, just you know to play around with. Although I will spend 99 percent of my time you know on Mac stuff, but uh, the the configurability and all the nerdy stuff is like just so appealing, and that honestly. It's weird. Like, I think this is why I, I have now gotten to the point where I want like a, a a PC laptop of some sort. It's not about the operating system. It's just like I don't have an option to do any of that stuff with the Mac. So if I want to yeah. get my nerd on, I have to use like Linux or Windows. Not that I really want to, but that's that's where we are in this. So,
1: I have one more hardware thing before we go. Yeah. Despite my my Stream Deck trials and tribulations with Elgato support, um, I ordered the Elgato Face Cam when they announced it. Ooh. And yeah. It is a great webcam. Uh it
0: looks great.
1: The thing that I most wanted, the re- the selling point for me. So I have this like green screen that fits on the back of my chair. Mm-hmm. Except with a 1080p Logitech webcam, I have to use uh, webcam settings, the like the external App Store app, to zoom it in enough that you can't see the edges of the green screen because it's too wide a view. And the oh, and so the problem with that—that's great, but Zoom constantly overrides the settings. So like, someone will like start screen sharing, and when Zoom moves my video to the side, it'll like zoom it out. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there with like a square uh, green screen surrounded by my messy office. Um, the, the face cam, you can set a zoom and then save it to the hardware. So it, you can configure it without an external application and any app that accesses it will be forced to use those presets. So that is like, besides being a great cam with, with excellent, uh, exposure and white balance and resolution, uh, it, it, it has, uh, it has hardware configurability.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I am. I looked at that. I don't need a webcam. Um, but I was like, where was this a year ago? Cause this would have been great rather than me spending $1,100, <laughs> on my my Sony camera, I mean, which is obviously better, but like this, the quality, the stuff that I've seen, I'm like for a lot of people, it's going to be a big step up. And, and I like, I know a lot of people are complaining that it doesn't have a microphone built in. I'm like, that's a plus for me because I'm going to use an external microphone and yeah. I would encourage most people to use an external microphone. For sure. Like people are like, oh, well, if you're traveling this or that, I'm like, if you're traveling, you probably are still taking your AirPods or something with you, which even your AirPods are going to be a better mic than what will be built into your webcam. So, yeah, yeah, agree. Anyway,
1: that was a weird episode.
0: This was a weird episode. No, but I'm glad I'm glad that you like it. That's good to know. I I have I've given Elgato. This is why I was really mad about them, like with their support stuff with you, because I've given them so much money in the last 12 months. I've bought almost everything they make and I don't need the face cam, but I was like, well, if I go back to the office. <laughs> and I want a better one, you know, for the office. And I and I'm obviously not going to buy a second uh, expensive camera right, or right. whatever then I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll get it for that. Right. Like, you know, or, or maybe it would be a good, like maybe a, a doable, like travel thing if, if, if travel comes back or whatever. So I was like looking at these things, but I have like the key light air. I have two of those. I have the multi-mount. I have the, um, the, the, um, pull down green screen. I have the HD 60s plus. I have the, uh, the, uh, Camlink 4k. Like I literally have like almost, I have the, um, uh, the ring light. Like I have everything practically they sell. I have to have the stream deck XL. So like when I heard this, I was like, okay, I'm really mad at Corsair right now. We're not treating you well because that makes me like question how I've spent all this money on stuff, but they did at least come through. Have you received your replacement?
1: I I just got it uh, last week. I I now have both of my stream decks working again. And so I, we're going to go over a little bit here. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I I set up my stream deck so that uh, like so my stream deck mini, which is six buttons, uh, I have it as like my auxiliary. When I switch to a profile on my regular stream deck, it sets up six extra buttons on the auxiliary stream decks. So like when I when uh screen uh screenflow loads. It loads up all of the editing buttons on the regular Stream Deck, but on the Stream Deck Mini, it loads up the recording button. So I can start, stop, pause, add markers, uh, open the recording monitor, all from the Mini. It, I've got this perfect like tandem Stream Deck system set up. I, I love it. And you can control one Stream Deck from another. I'm having so much fun.
0: Yay. Have you that's seen, awesome.
1: Have you seen Reincubate Camo? yes this may actually have even come up on this show before but
0: yeah i think you might have been the one who told me about it that's that's the app that lets you use um your um iphone um, iphone yeah
1: yeah as a webcam it's
0: yeah cool.
1: if you have if you have a good mounting setup but you can get a gorilla pod for
0: yeah i was gonna say if you get a gorilla pod or or um something else even like if you get some of those things you can frame with it yeah that's that's a really good option
1: unless you have you know uh uh max pro size iphone that you can't possibly mute or can't possibly mount and still be able to see your screen around uh it's a good option anyway yeah so this episode got it was diverse if yes diverse would be my word for it jira heroin customizable laptops angry birds uh webcams i feel like we hit we hit all we hit all the important stuff all the stuff you're really talking about today we hit it all
0: honestly this was like our most tech heavy episode in a really long time and i'm i'm glad for it i'm here for it
1: i will say your episode last week with ashley Esqueda uh, was very listenable uh, you got into gaming which is great because i can't talk about gaming i have i have nothing to add to that conversation but i feel like it's an important like tech topic so Thank you for a great show. I uh, I enjoyed it much more than the Who's Fuckable in 2000 Boy <laughs> Bands episode.
0: <laughs> we tried. We tried. Yeah, that, that one uh, didn't go in that direction. So it was, yeah, it was more gaming and, and tech kind of rather than than being um, uh, pop culture related. Hey, look, we all have multitudes, okay? So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice job. Thanks for doing Thank that. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Happy birthday! I'm glad that your um, oral surgery went well. How how did your recovery go? How 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 are you feeling?
1: I I am fully recovered now. It was a rough week. I didn't sleep much. They gave me zero pain meds after pulling out half my jaw. Right. Um, and I only have half a mouth now, so I'm learning to eat with half my mouth until next March. So. Uh,
0: and, and then and then and then you're getting like implants or whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Assuming nice. I still have my job and full dental coverage, I will be getting implants.
0: You're going to still have your job in full dental. So, yeah. And right. Are you putting enough, are you putting up for next marsh because they need to for your healing? Or are you like, is, he- is this how you're like cheating the insurance system?
1: Healing. It takes, okay. it takes four months for the extraction to heal. Uh, then they add the, uh, like the posts for the implants. And then that takes four months to heal. Then they ah, can add it. the teeth to it.
0: Oh, God. But it also wow. works
1: out so that I can hit my dental max no, across two different say, years.
0: No, that well, th- th- this is what I was asking because my dentist has done that with me before. Where she's like, okay, well, we're going to schedule things all all around this time. And that way, when you come back after the first year, you'll have a new deductible. And I'm yeah. like, you're smart.
1: Yeah, that's my dentist said the exact same thing. They usually schedule stuff like this out over a couple years. Love it. All right. Well, Christina... Get some sleep.
0: Get some sleep Red. The system is going down low.